insane, or you can be the change. Fall straight from inside, break through the chains. No one to blame, nothing. What's it like being a, a hottie in the vegan community? <laughs> Bitcoin will not work as digital gold. Engineering, technology, these arts of humanity, they are magic. Everyone deserves the same uh, uh, chance, the same treatment, the same respect. Boom shakalaka, we are live, we are recording, and I'm just going to start my intro to get this magic up in the air. Alrighty, I've got a professional outfit over here, i got myself an intro. Yeah, yeah. Boom shakalaka, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters around the world. It is your boy, Chris Shul, a.k.a. the chocolate Nubian soul brother from Ghana, West Africa. I love to drop the wisdomatic truth bombs and oh, we've got a treat. So ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, live i'm speaking to my cousin angel she's got a channel at least she, she used to have a channel called tutu talks where she speaks about a lot of controversial things dealing with society race spirituality all that jazz we talk about a lot of similar stuff and we've been communicating for a few months now and it's amazing we have all of these things in common and i was like bro you should come on you should come on my my podcast sis. that would be dope so here we are for the first time i've never actually I don't think I've ever even seen you. This is the closest we've gotten to yeah. any real life conversation. <laughs> and uh, it's magical. I love it. So, Angel, tell us about yourself. What is it, what is it that you do? Who is, who is Tutu Talks or Angel, rather? What do you go by? Give us a little intro into uh, your world. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Krishna, for having me here. It's such a blessing, such an honor to be a part of this um, this journey with you, the crystal journey, crystal experience. Thank you. The pleasure um, so is all mine. Yes. Yeah, so blessed to be here. Um, a little bit about myself. I am 22 years old, an Aquarius, grew up in Sacramento, California, moved to Atlanta, Georgia just last year. And um, I've just been on a faith walk, getting to know Christ and um, just getting to know who I am really and finding, finding a new path where um, I once was broken had to rebuild, reconnect, um, and find the deeper meaning behind why um, I was created. So that uh, is where I'm at today. Absolutely. That is, that's pretty much, I think, not just my journey and your journey, but I feel like that's life's journey, you know, trying to discover who we are, trying to um, not, not only do that, but to uplift people. But I guess the more that we learn about ourselves, um, or the more we learn about others, the more we learn about ourselves and vice versa. And you know, having spoken to you for a few months now, and just based on your introduction, obviously your faith is a big part of your life and what you do. And uh, I was wondering, because you've been brought up from this Christian worldview, you're, you're Christian, uh, does, that, does that pave the way to your identity? Because um, I know a lot of Africans, they kind of, I mean, obviously a lot of Africans, at least from where we come from, they're, they're Christian. But I feel like that worldview sometimes um, paves the way for their identity, as it would, right? But for others, their identity is linked more to um, their race, their community. Not that these things are mutually exclusive, but I was wondering, because of the fact that you're 
worldview is so influenced by your, your, your Christian faith. How does that affect your, your understanding of who you are differently? Like, does your race still come first to you? Like, do you identify yourself for, first and foremost as a Christian or as a black woman? Cause I, I feel like sometimes, um, the, uh, yeah, the, the racial side of things kind of takes precedent with certain people within the black community. And I have this idea that people that are more kind of like, um, focused on the Christian side of things, they, they tend to let that take the, uh, the front in terms of who they are and what their purpose is. But how do you, what's your perspective on that? Absolutely. That is such a great question. You know, when I first discovered, um, my true identity, um, I realized that it didn't necessarily lie in my looks, right? How my hair was, my body shape, to what I wore. It really lied in who I was as, as a person, right? As a human being, as we once discussed before, right? What's on the inside of me, my character. I realized that what society tells me every day from, you know, um, the color of my skin to how I talk, to how I walk, to how I move and just in, in my mannerisms and everything, I was just put into this box to just assimilate and fit into this, this cultural perspective that just wasn't me. Growing up, I've never fit in, ever. I always tried to hang around with specific people, you know, whether they were white, Asian, Mexican, Hispanic. I always tried to talk a certain way, expecting people to, to, to accept me for who I was, but I never got that acceptance. But when I got to a point and I realized, why don't I just stop focusing on what people want from me, what they expect from me, how to prove myself to people, what, what they want me to be like them, right? So I realized, let me, let me recalculate. Let me take a step back. Let me go back to my past, right? Think about those moments where I was rejected, right? Pushed aside, not valued. And see, okay, so the reason why they didn't like me was because, oh, maybe my breath was thinking, okay. Uh, maybe my hair was too short. Maybe my legs was ashy. No, that's not it. It was my character. They didn't like how confident I was, how extroverted I was, how outspoken I was. They were afraid of that because they wanted to do that. I mean, I've always just been chill, chill little angel, right? Going to school, going to church, doing my own thing, right? But I never knew how to assimilate. Now, when Christ found me in the deepest pit, the darkest place I've ever been, when he found me, nearly buried alive. I knew that my identity wasn't in what the world was, was telling me. My identity wasn't the one who created me. That's where my identity lied. When I found that deep within, I could tap into, tap into that moment of, of where he created me. Sure. So you say when Christ found you, I, I got the impression that you were pretty much brought into the Christian faith, or is that something that you discovered later on in your life? Is that something that's always been with you? Or did you have a profound experience where you, you became more devoted towards the, the Christian faith? I am so, so sorry. There is someone at the door. If I could just get that's in right. one that's second, right. please. That's all right. That's all good. We can, it's always the magic of editing. Thank you so much. That's cool. So we are speaking to Angel Tutu, my cousin. It's the first time having a, a live conference with her. And uh, I wanted to delve into what it's like growing up 
in the United States also as a Ghanaian because there is this understanding that Africans, African-Americans, they're all the same in terms of the culture. At least I feel that a lot of people look at them as being the same, but from the conversations that I've had in private with her, she has dealt with the same identity issues that I think we all deal with, you know, being this person that is essentially uh, from Ghana, well, at least her parents are from Ghana, and uh, to some extent has not been identified in the uh, the African-American sense that a lot of the African-Americans kind of being brought up, um, having their ancestors from the States would be identified as, and she's had her own identity issues, but I thought it would be a good opportunity for her to delve into that and also speak about just some of the, uh, the struggles of the black woman in the, in the States. So we're going to get deep into that. Ooh. All righty. There's that beautiful <laughs> face. We're back. All right. So, so sorry about that. All right. So we were speaking about your identity, Christianity, uh, what it's like growing up in the States as a black woman. And I feel like a, a running theme here is what it means to you to be a Christian and how that defines your, your worldview and how you see yourself. And I think I, I was asking you just earlier, um, just in regards to the Christian faith, if that, is that something that you were brought into or is that something that you, you got into later in life? Did you have some kind of a you know, crisis? What was your journey into the Christian faith? Absolutely. Um, yeah, just to, I guess, further elaborate on um, my, my Christian walk. I actually grew up in the Catholic Church. That seems to be the theme of a lot of um, Ghanaians, at least People who grow up in Ghana, um, I'm, I've seen to, to hear that um, they grew up in the Catholic Church. Um, but I grew up in the Catholic Church um, in California from since I was a little girl to about age 16. When I got to high school, I told my mom, I'm not feeling it no more. I want to leave. You know, there was just so much pressure and just I didn't feel like 
it was purposeful. It felt meaningless. I felt like, why, why am I here? Right. I'm waking up every Sunday, going to church. Right. You know, we get the coffee and donuts. It's cool. We get a scripture. We go home. But what is this really for? You know, and my dad, I never really saw him going. I was always just my mom. So I figured, well, okay, dad's at home. Why can't I stay at home? You know, and it got to a point where I just kept drawing away from, from that foundation that my mom laid. Um, I guess I'll kind of leave it out there. And yeah, I, I didn't actually know. I guess in my worldview, I, I see so many of the denominations are still having this Christian theme. So I know Catholicism is obviously very different to Christianity. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. know that um, my auntie, your mom, was actually Catholic. And that's the distinction there. So you were brought up as a Catholic, and then you found your own way. So I'm guessing throughout the influence of your mom or your dad, you you essentially discovered Christianity. So how did that come about? Yes. So um, when I was back in um, junior college, I went to junior college for two years before I transferred to my university to do the remaining four years. Now, when I was in community college, um, fresh out of high school, right, um, still fighting my way, you know, that's where the huge identity battle really, really took place. You know, I was just doing so many things that were just not like me, you know, getting involved in wrong relationships, wrong friendships, right, drugs, alcohol, just a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not proud of. But um, I remember my second year, I um, was moving into my dorms. One of my classmates, he helped me move in. Very nice man. The day before school was a Monday, right? So the Sunday night before, sorry, the Sunday afternoon before we went to campus that Monday, I said, hey, let's, let's just go to church. Why not? He said, yeah, I'm down. You want to go? So let's go. So we went to the Christian church in the downtown Um, area of Sacramento which was 30 minutes away from our campus and we went and I hadn't been to church in like three years because I just I just walked away I said you know what I just and not gonna lie I experienced church hurt you know being experienced what church hurt (laughs) church hurt yeah so that's a thing that's a thing okay that that is a thing (laughs) what exactly what exactly is church hurt (laughs) So the way I would define it, um, church hurt can be different for a lot of people. A lot of people experience um, different kinds of pain that um, it kind of stems from a group of people or an environment that you put your, your whole heart into, right? Of course, you know, when you, when you um, for example, when you get into a relationship, right, you work hard, you, you text them, you communicate with them, you buy them flowers, right? You're building to whatever comes next. When I was in church, I was building to, you know, that appreciation or that, that, that type of acknowledgement that they would give me. One thing that they, they granted um, students um, when they graduated high school was a scholarship. Now, being the only Black family in that church, I figured, ah, you know, I, I don't know why they don't want to just help me, you know? So, uh Finances were very, very difficult growing up. And uh, I knew that I really needed this scholarship to go to college. And um, I wrote the essay. My grades weren't as good, but I was dedicated. I mean, talk talk about Christmas caroling eight years in a row, every day. I didn't play soccer. I wasn't in no sports. I wasn't in school. Literally, as soon as I got out of school, 
mom's like, okay, get ready, go to church. We're putting on our black skirt, our red shirt, and we're going, right? So as soon as school gets off, all I knew was church, church, church. So when I didn't receive that scholarship, I was so broken. I said, I really need this money. How am I supposed to pay for, for my books and my school fees and all this? And when they didn't give me that scholarship, I said, you know what? I can't imagine dedicating my entire life again to something else like that. You know, we don't, we don't expect things to happen. I mean, that's just something that, you know, when you work hard for something, you expect a reward, right? So my dedication, going, sacrificing my time, right? I expected that. And when I didn't receive it, I, I literally cut ties with. Sure. So just to clarify, it, it was the scholarship um, that you didn't receive from the church. So they were supposed to, were they, you were expecting that they were going to reward you with the scholarship. And because you didn't receive that, that essentially gave you church hurt, the, the letdown. It did. Yeah. It did. You know, it, it's interesting because um, my, my whole attitude in regards to religion, a whole bunch of other spirituality, you know, what, call it what you will, you know, um, organizations is typically at some point when people are going through crisis, that's when they discover religion um, or spirituality, call it what you will. And in terms of being, being let down, I mean, the experiences that I have kind of seen around me are when at least I can speak from my own, from my own experience, actually, or when things that are being told to me don't always line up with, uh, with reality, like my, you know, what's going on, like the kind of answers that I would receive, you know, going to Sunday school, you know, in regards to, you know, like, you know, where, where do, uh, you know, where did Adam and Eve come from? And uh, that, that kind of thing, you know, and how, how, what, you know, two people creating the entire, like, uh, human race, that kind of thing. And my yeah. church hurt was along the lines of receiving answers that were not consistent with what I could observe around me. But I guess mm -hmm. um, anytime you experience a letdown, whether it's a letdown of uh, information in terms of uh, the truth, you feel as if you're not hearing the truth or a letdown in terms of, of uh, support, that's, that's obviously hurtful. And mm -hmm. I guess with your experience, the fact that you started your uh, your path towards uh, this church um, with the expectation that they were going to support you. That's obviously uh, what really led to your uh, your hurt, right? But I, yeah. I guess I guess more in the um, religious sense, like in terms of um, the worldview that you had, would, did you feel? I mean, you obviously left Catholicism because something didn't. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but something didn't feel right in terms of your your what, what was going on there. How did the did the Christian faith fill that, uh, fill that emptiness in any way? Yes, absolutely. Oh, so sorry. Absolutely. You know, like I had mentioned, when I went to that church service that day with one of my classmates before the day, the day before school started, I, I experienced a form of peace, you know, like a, a resettlement. Like I had been gone for so long and I said, you know, I, I want to make this a habit again, because it's almost like, you know, growing up, right, we are forced to go to church. Our parents grab us by the leg to go, you're going to church. I'm ironing your, your cargo pants and your white shirt, and we're going. You know what I mean? So for, for years, you're just following along, trying to obey, right, do the right thing. But you don't know why you're going. You're just going because they say so. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that I, that I loved I love to be involved in church. I love to sing, right? I love to just be around people, but um, I never really 
knew why I was doing it, you know. But um, like I had mentioned, going to that service really impacted me. But it wasn't until the third time I, I had gone where I really, something really changed in my, in my spirit, in my heart. And I said, nah, I got to find out who this Jesus guy is because it's not even about the scholarship anymore. The life mm-hmm. I'm living, mm, I don't think I'm going down the right path, you know? Sure. So. So was there, was there a specific thing that you can nail in regards to uh, Christianity that really kind of made you click in terms of, because you, you, you speak about like the experience that you had in terms of like what you felt like, I guess there was more of an intuitive experience, but was there any defining quality about the, the Christian church that you were going to that really, or just, or did you have this yearning just to discover who Jesus was? Yes. Yeah, so what happened, Krishna, was, you know, during, during quarantine, right, it was about, um, it lasted for a long time, like around like two years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I had taken time um, to just kind of like escape in a sense. Of course, my family had, had moved um, across, across the country and I, I was left behind because I had to finish school. But of course, um, I did it for the right reasons, not knowing what was to come. So during quarantine, I did a lot of online church services. One of the churches that I joined was called Bayside Church. And it was that same church, but a different branch because they have branches all over. Now, when I would go on the online service, of course, it would be a beautiful experience, right? I would just go, I'm like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm doing the right thing, right? I'm, I'm logging on to the, the Zoom, the live stream. Um, I'm getting up early. I'm thanking God for today. I, I got to be doing something right, you know? And um, every time I would just, every Sunday, I would make the effort to just join the live stream. I saw, I saw a sudden growth that I wasn't attracted to the same things that I was. I, my, my friend group was changing. I was happier. I wasn't depressed. I was just, I felt different, you know? I felt more in tune with who I was. Because a lot of the reasons why I was so down and out was because of the people I was surrounded with, mm-hmm. the people that were in my circle. So go ahead. No, that's, it's mm-hmm. interesting to get your understanding on that. I guess um, in my mind, like I was expecting there was going to be some uh, spiritual uh, philosophical idea within Catholicism that kind of made you switch. But I get the impression from you it was more around community, the fact that the people that you were connected to and just how that affected your life in terms of the change, like what happened when you started joining this, started going to this Christian church, that's what essentially um, shifted you towards the, the Christian path. Because I guess from my mind, this is a, a layman, you know, I don't have a detailed understanding of Catholicism um, or, or you know, <laughs> at least the, the distinctions here. Yeah. I don't see there being um, that great a difference to the point where um, someone would like have a massive uh, leaning towards one over an, or another. Of course, you know, everyone has a different experience and so forth. So to hear um, that you shifted uh, towards Christianity. Um, yeah, I was, um, I was just surprised to, uh, to understand why. And it's interesting how so much of religion, I think, is around community. I think mm-hmm. that's essentially what people are missing in life. And whereas yes. in this day and age, uh, some people have, have replaced 
religion, spirituality with different communities. And we find a lot of people now um, kind of uh, developing their communities online as through, you know, social networks and so forth, yes. but it's, it's not the same thing. And I think this is probably one of the problems, right? The fact that even though we are more, we are more connected than we've ever been in terms of through the internet, through social media, there's such a disconnection. And I think one of the, uh, one of the pivotal roles churches played in people's development is creating a strong network of community. The fact that people go to Sunday school each, each Sunday and they develop these strong friendships and, uh, you know, it's such a communal thing. It's not just a case. I mean, you mentioned you were going to church through initially through some kind of online thing, but I'd imagine not long after that, you started going um, uh, to the actual church. Am I mistaken? No, not at all. Um, it wasn't until I, I moved though. It wasn't until I moved out here. Um, so you just, just, just to clarify, so you, you were essentially staying in, did you say San Francisco? And then you moved to no, sorry, Sacramento. Was, Sacramento, yeah. Yes. And then you, all right. And then you, you moved back to where your fo folks were? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was online for a long time. You know, everything was closed down. Literally, even mm. the bathrooms at Walmart, you know. But I, when I moved out here to Georgia, that's when I went in person, but that wasn't until August of 2021. Sure. Which so is this is all very recent. To... I mean, you went through mm -hmm. this entire metamorphosis is. just over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to <laughs> a be butterfly. such a, it's such a common theme, people having these profound experiences over the last couple of years, understandably, because there's been this massive uh, uh, issue that we've been dealing with, you know, the pandemic and so forth. And then just all the, the political things that have transpired not necessarily related to that, but also we had the George Floyd situation, which I, yes. I know that affected you as well. In fact, you mentioned Absolutely. earlier to me that you were, um, I'm not sure if I can say this openly, but do, do you want to talk about the George Floyd thing? Because you had your own, um, yes. at least I got the impression that this was a bit of an identity uh, crisis for you. Because uh, mm -hmm. on one hand, you know, your, your folks are telling you one thing about your involvement yes. in, this, uh, in this protest, and you feel as if mm -hmm. this is something that is important to you because you obviously identify yeah. as you're you know part of the black community but Absolutely. you're you have Ghanaian roots and uh, for people mm -hmm. that don't understand um in the same way that you know uh people from I, essentially put you know people from Ghana or people that have Ghanaian ancestry um that go to the United States don't have the same kind of um uh well ancestry is well obviously you can tie it back essentially to the diaspora Ghana but obviously their ancestors um and more recently were brought up in the states so there are people that kind of look at that differently but I want to hear more about your perspective towards this because you were you would we delved into this a little like how how did the George Floyd uh scenario kind of um hit you in terms of how people perceived you and what, what did that mean to you that whole thing absolutely um when I first you know was aware of the incident when that happened it it broke me you know like most most of us you know seeing that that policeman I mean you don't even deserve to to have your badge on right and as old as this is this still hits close to home I mean people talk about this day after day after day that was someone's father 
that someone lost, right? He was a member of that community, you know? So when I found out about this, of course, I was previously involved um, on my campus, my college campus, um, being the president of the Black Student Union. And when COVID hit, we had to completely just change all of our meetings, our resources, and just find ways to still stay in community at home. But during this time, that's where there's a need to, to draw closer to one another, right? To really be able to consult with people. And that could have been anyone's dad, right? So I took it upon myself to just, just have honest conversations. And like you mentioned, right? Because my parents are from Ghana, moving here, there has always been this disconnect between the Black community and Africans. I mean, it's just been there from the get-go. I mean, they come here, you know, um, idolizing these, these stereotypes that have been so secretly intertwined into our, our, our brains. We come here thinking that, you know, all Black people are drug dealers, right? They're, they're ghetto, they're bad people, but it's not the truth. It's what they want you to think. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I had mentioned to my dad, you know, till this day, I never told him that I went to that protest. <laughs> I never told him, I saved my behind. I'm not, I'm not getting no beatings tonight. No, sorry. Um, but, you Hope know. he doesn't end up watching I, this video. He's like, ah, oh, he won't. Angel, what are you doing? Ah, you, you went to that My protest. life will be over. <laughs> my life will be over. Oh, please. Don't I've experienced him. similar things, you know. <laughs> Um, yes, yes. But it, it's so interesting to hear you speak about the distinction between the Black community and the African community, because a lot of people don't realize this. They kind of see Africans and African-Americans as like, oh, yo, you're all Black. Don't realize that this is a cultural thing, you know? People always yes. make this about, because uh, racially speaking, African-Americans are generally speaking from the, the same part. They're essentially from Ghana, Nigeria, essentially from Ghana, you know, the West of Africa. This is essentially where they were uh, transported and so forth to the... Uh, Americas, the Caribbeans, and so forth. Um, but culturally, because they've gone through very different experiences, there is a, a disconnect there in terms of how they view the world and so forth. And it's interesting that when you mentioned to me that your dad was telling you that, you know, you shouldn't go to this protest because you were not one of them. You know, I was like, wow, it's interesting because, you know, that's, <laughs> that's something that whereas it hits home to me, I've always felt a little different in the sense that I'm someone from Ghana. Uh, I, was, I was born there and I was trying to uh, identify with the African-American culture when I came here because that's the perspective people had of black. Um, but it's interesting that a lot of people don't realize that there is this distinction. So um, has that played on your mind? Like growing up as a, as a kid, did you feel as if you weren't quite, um, you didn't know which group to fit into because, I mean, you, you didn't fully... I mean, how did you see yourself rather than me putting words in your mouth? Yeah, great question. Right on track, you know, just like we were talking about identity earlier, right? You know, I never had the ability to assimilate or fit in any circle. Um, you know, growing up, I was called names, you know, whitewash, Oreo, you know what I mean? Walk on the outside, white in the middle, you know? Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I mean... But what I came to realize that no matter how I talk or how I act, I'm going to be me at the end of the day. I'm just angel. That's it. I'm not, you know, I'm not just black or Ghanaian, a black woman, mm-hmm. Christian. I'm simply me. That's it. Absolutely. You know, so. 
And yeah. that, that's a profound point. I, I think it's so important for people to, uh, to realize that. Uh, I, feel, I feel like one of the problems in the, um, in, in the world in general is people are so inclined to identify themselves based off of these physical characteristics. You know, and yes. when you move towards a, a more uh, a spiritual mentality, you realize that fundamentally we're still all the same creatures under the heavenly skies, you know, and God's creation, yeah. so to speak. And with that sense of understanding, um, you become more connected rather than saying, oh, you're black, you're white, you're, you're woman, man, etc. Therefore, I can't resonate with you. Ultimately, we, st- we all have this, um, you know, this, this desire to be loved and to, to love and so forth. And that's, that's the, uh, that's the most important quality, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, Angel, Zoom is actually cutting down our conversation to uh, around 40 minutes. So I, I wanted to keep this one short, but I would love to have you on again. In fact, I might find another platform to do this on so we can have a more detailed conversation. But I thought this would be a great opportunity for one, for us to connect and kind of just uh, speak face to face, which is amazing. Finally, uh, nice to see your face in, in real time for a change. Yes. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just talk about some issues because I know where is you had a channel. I'm not sure if this is going to reignite again. You do love to yes. talk about politics, society. Obviously, you're also the, the head of um, the um, Black organization or something like that in the States. So um, yes. just the, quickly, do, do you want to share with us your, your, your contacts if people want to get a hold of you and perhaps just a yeah. bit about your, uh, your history involved in um, the channel and other movements and so forth? Absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, again, my full name is Angel Benson Tutu. Um, at the moment, there isn't any way to contact me, but in the near future, you will be seeing my face soon. So if you want more information, get it from Mr. Crystal himself, and he will keep you updated in the description box below. If you ever want to visit this video back again, you will find me. Just wait. Fantastic. Angel, thank you so much for coming on and dropping some knowledge and giving us an insight into your experience as a Black woman, also uh, as a God-fearing Christian and so forth. And I look forward to hopefully doing this again soon. Or perhaps once, if you start a channel, you can have me on and we can uh, talk about all the yes. things that are going on in the world. Angel, yes. you are a scholar. You are a powerful spiritual woman. And it's been a pleasure having you on the Crystal Journey podcast. Peace. Thank all you right. for having me. You won't work it. Don't break the press. You won't make it. I don't need a care. Where this won't leave.